we have a client who was a victim of a clever social engineering scheme. The hackers cloned one of the physician's email addresses and sent several bogus invoices to the account's payable clerk. She is a kind, gentle person who would never think to question the doctors. So she paid about $120,000 worth of invoices to fictitious vendors over several months before the theft was caught. Welcome to Medical Money Matters, the podcast where you can find experts, answers, and resources so that you can achieve mastery over the financial and business aspects of your practice. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jill Arena. I began my career in accounting and finance, and I have more than 30 years of experience running medical groups. I own and operate a national healthcare consulting and revenue cycle company, and I am the author of Physician Heal Thy Financial Self. In 2020, I co-founded the Physician Leadership Project, and my passion is to increase financial and business literacy for physicians. Episode 43, Guarding Your Medical Practice Against Phishing Scams, Social Engineering, and Cybercrime. In a world where almost everything has moved online, cybersecurity is a topic that no one in healthcare can afford to ignore. Whether you're a solo practitioner or part of a large medical group, understanding how to protect your practice from phishing scams, social engineering, and other cybercrimes is crucial. Cybersecurity is a hot topic, especially considering how healthcare organizations are often the primary targets for various cyber threats. Our EMRs are great targets for hackers as they contain all kinds of information like dates of birth, social security numbers, and other data points that are valuable to people on the dark web who are looking to perpetrate identity theft crimes. The information stored within medical practices is extremely sensitive. We're talking about patient records, billing information, and even insurance details. And since healthcare providers are often focused on patient care, this may leave little time to devote to issues like cybersecurity, making them easier targets. Another risk factor for medical practices, as we've said many times, the amount of money flowing through the average medical practice makes you especially vulnerable to hackers and thieves. So what types of cyber threats should healthcare professionals be on the lookout for? There are several, but the most common ones include phishing scams, emails disguised as legitimate messages, but that in fact are designed to entice you to share sensitive information with a hacker. Ransomware attacks. In this scenario, the hackers install a type of malware that encrypts files on your system so you cannot use it, and then they demand a ransom for their release. Social engineering. This involves manipulative tactics like cloning your email so the hackers can trick your employees into divulging confidential information or paying fictitious bills straight into their bank account. Data breaches, which is when the hackers gain unauthorized access to confidential patient information often with the intent to sell the data on the black market. So let's talk about how to protect your medical practice from hackers. 
there are some easy internal controls and steps that physicians and clinic leaders can put into place to safeguard their systems and their money. First and foremost, educate your staff. A majority of cyber attacks are successful because of human error. Regular training can make your employees aware of the risks and help them recognize suspicious activities. I make a point of forwarding any phishing emails I receive to our entire team from time to time just to show them the latest and greatest examples of phishing so they can delete them if they receive a similar one. It should be noted that a few years ago, you could spot a phishing email miles away with all of the misspellings and grammatical errors. Not so anymore. Keep an eye out. Multi-factor authentication, MFA, is another strong strategy. And yes, I can hear you sigh. Sometimes it feels like we need 18 different logins and passwords and passcodes just to get into our system to begin work. And it's our reality given the sensitivity of the data we are entrusted with. Implementing multi-factor authentication adds an extra layer of protection. Instead of relying solely on passwords, MFA requires additional verification like a phone number or biometric data. I especially like biometric data as it's hard to fake and I generally always have my thumbprint handy. It should go without saying that we should always have secure networks and devices. When was the last time your group's IT infrastructure was reviewed and perimeter testing was completed? If you can't remember, it's likely time to call your IT guy or gal. Please ensure that your Wi-Fi networks are secured and all devices used for work are encrypted. If you're offering Wi-Fi for patients or guests to use, ensure that it is on a separate network. This adds another layer of security that can deter cybercriminals. Aside from conducting regular security audits to identify vulnerabilities, please ensure that all essential data is backed up in a secure offsite location on a daily basis, or some groups have mirrored servers offsite that keep an ongoing copy of everything that's happening on the servers in real time. This can help tremendously with ransomware and malware attacks. One internal control that is often overlooked is the simple restriction of access. Best practice is to restrict access to sensitive data only to those who absolutely need it for their job functions. The fewer people who have access, the less chance there is for information to be leaked or stolen. We go into many clinics who have not cleaned up their domain security for several years. We find old employees who left years ago and people whose roles have changed, but their access has not. In some cases, we see people with very little responsibility at the clinic having the keys to the entire kingdom. Please lock it down. And please make sure that one of the practice owners always has super admin rights so that you cannot be held hostage by a disgruntled IT guy or gal who may be on their way out. One of the most effective low-tech solutions to all of this is to talk to each other, or at least take it out of the email domain. If something smells funny, send a text about it to verify that it's legit, or find your coworker in the hall and verify. Or if you work remotely, 
make an old-fashioned phone call to double-check that the new vendor in the email is actually one the group wants to pay. I've mentioned in previous episodes that we have a client who was a victim of a clever social engineering scheme. The hackers cloned one of the physician's email addresses and sent several bogus invoices to the account's payable clerk. She is a kind, gentle person who would never think to question the doctors. So she paid about $120,000 worth of invoices to fictitious vendors over several months before the theft was caught. She thought she was doing the right thing. So given all of this risk, we've also seen a rise in cyber insurance products on the market and a rise in training for groups about the various cybersecurity threats. As we mentioned in episode 30, cyber insurance can act as a financial safety net in case you do become a victim of a cyber attack. It's not a replacement for robust cybersecurity measures, but it is an added layer of protection for your group. Your medical malpractice coverage will include some cyber liability insurance, but it generally is a small amount and will not go far in protecting you if your practice sustains a big hack. In closing, I have to say that I always wish the hackers would use their powers for good. What a world we would have. And until they do, knowledge is the first line of defense against any cyber threat. Educate your staff, tighten your internal controls, and never underestimate the ingenuity of cyber criminals. Prevention is better than cure, especially when it comes to protecting the sensitive data that our patients share with us. We owe it to them to do our best to safeguard their data. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get future episodes delivered automatically. Join me for our next episode where I'll be talking about clawing back at insurance clawbacks. What happens when the insurance companies pull back money they've already paid you and what you can do about it. You can find more information online at medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com and you can subscribe to the Medical Money Matters content website for physician leaders to find budget templates and many other tools. We've included those links in the show notes. As I like to close out these podcasts, congratulations on taking the next step in your professional development and for making the commitment to learn about the financial and business aspects of your practice. I look forward to being on this journey with you and send you my heartfelt gratitude for all that you do for your patients all day, every day.